Walter Payton was one of the greatest running backs in football history. In his career, he accumulated over nine miles in career rushing yardage. Nine miles doesn't sound so bad until you account for the fact that he was knocked down every four and a half yards. Walter Payton knew that everyone, even the very best, gets knocked down. The key is to get up and run again just as hard. We all have moments when we're brought to our knees from pain and heartache, and we need strength for the journey. Because sometimes what is best is not for God to remove the thing that is causing us the pain. Because there is a greater blessing that he has for us. Welcome to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. It would be nice if God could just remove the pain and obstacles in our way. But as Charles Tapp reveals this week, there is a grace that God offers every believer when they find themselves faced with the most challenging circumstances. He shares what that looks like and how to receive it as he begins a new series of messages, Strength for the Journey, with part one, Perfect Weakness. Today, we begin a series that I've simply titled, Strength for the Journey. Now, if you've ever taken the time to look up the word journey, and there's probably really no reason why you would, you would find that this is what it means, a journey is an act of traveling from one place to another. That's it. That's it. Not that deep. Which means then that all of us at some time in our lives are on a journey. Whether we're taking a journey by plane to another city, town, or country, not a lot of that going on today. Or whether it's taking a walk in our neighborhoods or on an unfamiliar trail. Now, there is a lot of that going on today because of the confinement. Or even the decision that many of us make to chart a new course in our lives, whether it's a change in careers or deciding to get married or even making plans to have a child. All of these qualify as examples of what it means to be on a journey. But then there is the biggest journey which all of us are a part of, and that is this journey that you and I call life. Listen, this thing can be hard at times. It's like the Irish novelist Oliver Goldsmith who says life is a journey that must be traveled no matter how bad the roads or how bad the accommodations may be. But then there is this journey called the Christian life. And even though it is a journey by choice, it can at times appear to be even more challenging than life itself. Because regardless of the nature of one's journey, there is this one key ingredient that is crucial to the success of the journey and that is simply having strength for the journey. 
And there is probably no other person in all of Scripture who understands both the highs and the lows of what it means to take the Christian journey than the one who was responsible for writing most of the New Testament, and that is the Apostle Paul. And in the 12th chapter of the second division of his letter to the believers at Corinth, Paul grants us a glimpse into both aspects of his journey, the extreme highs as well as the lowest of lows. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 as we begin looking at verses 1 to verse 6. Look at what God's Word says. It is doubtless, Paul says, not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in body or I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Paul says again, God knows, verse 4, how he was caught up into the paradise and and her inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one, Paul says, I will boast yet of myself. He says, I will not boast except, Paul says, in my infirmities. And now verse 6, for though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be, or, Paul says, or hears from me. Paul, having been challenged sometime earlier regarding the authority of his calling as an apostle of Jesus Christ, begins to respond to his critics as he speaks of the amazing and glorious revelations that have been granted to him by God. But then he says, so that I don't come across sounding too boastful, he begins to speak of himself in the third person. Instead of saying, this is me, Paul says, I know a man. You know, I've discovered that children know how to speak in the third person probably better than anybody else. They're experts when it comes to this, especially when they get into trouble. I remember one of our kids coming to us, you know, when they were younger and in school, they said, Dad, you know, I need some advice. One of, one of my friends has gotten in, into trouble, but it's not me. I just need some advice to help them. That's what Paul was doing here. He says, um, there is a man that I know, and God has blessed him with, with great revelations. I don't know whether he was in the body or out of the body. Paul is speaking about himself, but he doesn't want to come across as being too boastful. And Paul understood that if ever there was a time that he could have bragging rights, this would definitely be the case. I love what the old baseball player from the 1940s, 1950s, Dizzy Dean from my hometown club, St. Louis Cardinals, he said, listen, it ain't bragging if you can back it up. And Paul definitely could back up what he was saying. When it came to Paul, 
He could back up every claim, but instead he speaks of himself in the third person. And then Paul does what many of us do at times, and he made a complete 180. In verse 5, 2 Corinthians 12, he says, listen, I will boast, but I won't boast of myself. In other words, Paul is saying, I won't boast of my abilities. I won't boast of my privileges. I won't even boast of my opportunities. He says, but this one thing I will boast of, Paul says, I will boast in my infirmities. Better translated, Paul is saying, I will boast when it comes to my weaknesses. Hmm. Let's pause for a moment. What wrong would there would have been for Paul to take an opportunity to boast here? Think about it. He wouldn't be boasting in something he had done. He would have been boasting in what God had done for him. Paul understood something, that what really qualified him to be an apostle of Jesus Christ was not his intellectual acumen. It wasn't his years of experience of being a Pharisee. Paul understood this, that the thing that qualified him the most to serve as an apostle of Jesus Christ was his willingness to allow himself to be used when he was at his weakest so that he might serve God at his greatest. You know, there was a time all the leadership and management gurus would say that if you want to be a great leader in your business, you want to be a great leader in your home, whatever organization you're, you're leading out in, then you need to focus on your weaknesses and, and build up your weaknesses. But now the school of thought is just the opposite. Now Forbes magazine and others are saying, listen, if you really want to be a great leader today, don't spend time trying to build up your weaknesses. Now they're saying spend time in building up your strengths. In other words, don't play off your weaknesses, but play off your strengths. But that's not the way it was with Paul. You see, Paul is adamant when it comes to why he has chosen not to brag on his strength, but rather on his weaknesses. Let's look at verses 7 to 9 as we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, which is where we're spending most of our time today. Look at what he says. And lest I should be exalted above measure, he says, by the abundance of the revelations that God had given him, he says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Verse 8, concerning this thing, he says, I pleaded, talking about the thorn, I pleaded with the Lord not once, not twice, he says, but three times that it might depart from me. Verse 9. And he said to me, talking about God, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And now Paul responds. He says, therefore, most gladly will I rather boast in my infirmities 
that, here it is, that the power of Christ, he says, may rest on me. Please don't miss what Paul is saying here. Paul says, listen, when I focus on my strengths, then the focus is on my power, my abilities. But when the focus is on my weaknesses, my infirmities, my deficiencies, then the focus is on God and his ability and his strength. The other revelation that Paul gives here, it, it, it's huge. Please don't miss this today. Sometimes God allows, sometimes God permits adverse circumstances to come into our lives, and Paul refers to his as a thorn in the flesh. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time this morning trying to explain what that thorn was because, honestly, none of us really knows what that thorn may have been for Paul. And maybe that's a, a good thing, so now we can relate to him better that way. But what has been revealed to us as it relates to this thorn is that it was administered to him by the enemy to disrupt Paul's effectiveness, but Paul also realized it was given to him to increase his effectiveness. We'll talk more about that later. The word used here for thorn in the Greek is the word scallops, and it can refer to either a splinter, you know, that little piece of wood that you may get in your finger, or a thorn or a stake. The other day I was out in my yard and we've had some decent weather as of late. So I've had an opportunity to, you know, pull some weeds in the garden, haven't planted anything yet, but I've been pulling weeds and cutting back things. And I had on gloves, but I, I touched one of my rose bushes and I got a thorn in my thumb, even through the gloves. And I, and I pulled it out or so I thought. But then a few days later, I realized it's still there, and I still don't think I've gotten it all out yet. I don't think that's the kind of thorn Paul was talking about, because I can go throughout the day, and this doesn't really bother me. Many times, I forget it's even there. But there's another definition for this word thorn in the Greek, and it refers to that of a stake, something that drives something to the ground to keep it in its place. In other words, what Paul is saying here, that God allowed a thorn, a stake to come into his life after these great and marvelous and amazing revelations because God wanted to bring Paul back down to earth. And this was his way of doing just that. And just as our Lord and Savior did in the garden, when confronted with his impending cross, Paul also prays three times for his cross, for his thorn to be removed. You know, in Jewish tradition, praying for something three times gives intensity and power to the prayer. So by saying he prayed for it three times was simply Paul's way of saying, more than anything else, I wanted this thing out of my life. Have you ever felt that way before? 
Has there ever been something in your life, a thorn, maybe not a physical thorn, but, but something that is causing you so much anguish, so much heartache, so much pain that you want it more than anything else for it to be removed from your life so that you could go on with business as usual? I know when it comes to this confinement, I want this thing to be gone. But we discover here that that was not the case even though he asked God three times for it to be removed, he received the same answer that many of us still receive today. And that is this, my grace is sufficient for you. You're listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, Perfect Weakness. And if you're enjoying this message or you'd like to find others like it, you can find out more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. We'll conclude with the rest of his message right after this. Man, when I think about WGTS, I think about family. And uh, WGTS lifts me up. The whole crew has truly been a blessing in my life. And um, I'm forever grateful for WGTS and what they do for myself and for the community. support makes a difference. I always uh, encourage people, like, you want to listen to something, be encouraged when you're going through a tough time, starting 91.9, they are definitely up with the spirits. And uh, especially in the trying time we're in right now in society. Working together to impact the nation's capital. And I am forever grateful for for the WGS family because that's exactly what it is, family. And we get to be a part of that as listeners, which is is amazing. Listener funded, WGTS 91.9. Always encouraging. At 88.3 on the Eastern Shore. God offers every believer when they find themselves faced with the most challenging circumstances. Charles Tapp reveals what that looks like and how to receive it as he continues with the rest of his message, Perfect Weakness. Sometimes, dear friends, our greatest blessing come in the form of unanswered prayer, meaning when we don't get exactly what we ask God for. But God always answers the need, even though it may appear as though he's not answering the prayer. And this is what can make the Christian journey so difficult, so challenging, so trying, at times because there's so much error being preached and taught today that all you and I have to do is accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and we will then become immune to the thorns in life. And if we get a thorn, that God is somehow obligated to remove that thorn, but that is a lie from the very pits of hell. God is not obligated to remove any thorn from my life or from your life. And he didn't do it with Paul, but he gave him the response that many of us still get today. When we want some painful experience to be over, he simply said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, we say those kinds of things all the time, but what does that really mean? What does it really mean when when Jesus said to him, my my grace is sufficient? Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, one of the most famous passages dealing with grace in all of Scripture. And Paul was the one who authored it. 
Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, because I think if we get a better understanding of what grace is, we can get a better understanding of what is meant when he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Verse 8, Ephesians 2, for by grace you have been saved through what? Faith, and that not of yourselves. Here's the key part. It is what? The gift in the Greek, chorus, the gift of God, not of works. You and I can't earn it, lest we should have any right to boast. So here it is. We know that grace is God's unmerited favor, meaning undeserved. We give that definition all the time. But I needed to go a little bit deeper this morning to understand what is the grace that is being talked about here. My grace is sufficient. Here it is. Grace is the gift God chooses to give at a particular time to meet a particular need in the lives of his children, which means depending on the situation, the gift of grace can come in a completely different form. When sin into the world and humankind sinned, we needed to be saved. So grace came in the form of a savior dying on the cross. When the early church began in the book of Acts and they all spoke different languages, the gift of tongues was given. That was the grace at that particular time. So then what is this grace that Paul is talking about here? Here's the response that really came back to him. When God said, my strength, my power is sufficient for you. That's the grace. In this form, at this time for Paul, the grace was strength for his journey. Let's look at it. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But I want to look at it in the Amplified Version, verse 9, 2 Corinthians 12. But he said to me, my grace, here it is, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger, and enables you to bear the trouble manfully, for my strength and power are made what? perfect, fulfilled, and completed, and show themselves most effective in your weakness. So the grace is God's favor that he gives to us, the gift at that particular time to meet that particular need. And in this case, the grace that Paul needed was strength for his journey. God was not going to remove the thorn. He was not going to remove the thing that caused him the greatest pain. But as one writer said, sometimes God doesn't take us around pain. God sometimes has to take us through the pain. And what Paul needed at that time and what you and I need when we're going through our own trying, challenging times, it feels like there's a thorn, a stake that is nailing us down. We need strength for the journey. Because sometimes what is best 
is not for God to remove the thing that is causing us the pain because there is a greater blessing that he has for us. So when Paul was told, my grace is sufficient, in other words, he was saying, what I have for you at this time is what will get you through it. And for Paul and for you and me today, it is the grace, the strength of God. Let's look at verse 10, 1 Corinthians 12, as Paul comes to a conclusion now. He says, based on what you told me, God, that you're going to give me strength for my journey. And for Paul, it was whatever thorn that was troubling him every single day of his life. He now can say, therefore, I take what? Pleasure in my infirmities. Another word, better word. I take pleasure, Paul says, in my weaknesses, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. And I love the latter part of verse 10. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Because of our humanness, when we're at our weakness, that's when we depend on God the most. Think about it. When things are going well and everything is fitting into its place, many times we are focused more on the blessing than the one who has blessed us. But in times of trials and tribulations and challenges, those are the times that draw us closer into God and we become more dependent upon God, not relying on our strength, but now boasting in our weakness will gives room for the strength of God to work in our lives. Who says amen to that today? Look at this quote from the psalmist hymn writer John Newton. Powerful, powerful. He says, faith upholds a Christian under all trials by assuring him that every painful dispensation is under the direction of his Lord, that chastisements are a token of his love, that the season, measure, and continuous of his sufferings are appointed by infinite wisdom and designed to work his everlasting good. Reminds me what is talked about relating to Joseph of the Old Testament when he said, you may have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Amen. And then he ends by saying, and that grace, that gift, and what? Strength shall be afforded him according to his need. So when God told him, I'm not going to change the situation. I'm not going to remove the most painful thing in your life, but this is what I am going to do. I'm going to let you know my grace is sufficient, my gift. And the gift I have for you, Paul, right now in this situation is strength for the journey. And that is what all of us can have when we live not in our strengths, but when we live in our perfect weakness, then we can have the strength of God in our lives. At that time, God infuses us with power, strength, that we could have never, ever had at any other time. You know, we're going through some, some difficult times right now, and I'm just going to be honest with you, it's, it's hard for all of us. 
because we see so much pain and so much anguish going on in our world. And if you're like me, yes, you too have prayed probably more than three times. God, take this away. When is this coming to an end? I want it to end now. But again, I still hear the words that Paul heard. My grace is sufficient, but the enemy meant for evil. I'm going to use it to make you stronger. I'm going to help you to learn to depend more on me. For it is when you are weakest, that's when you are the strongest. You've been listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, Perfect Weakness. And if you want to listen again or share it with someone, you can find these messages on platforms like Apple Podcasts and now also on Spotify or visit us online at simpletruthsforlife.org. Now here's what we're working on for next week. You and I can now go boldly, confidently speak to him with freedom of just how we feel and make that bold request. It's not always easy to ask for help, but there is someone who truly understands what you may be going through. And next week, Charles Tapp reveals what God has promised us and challenges the believer not to be afraid to make your requests known to God. As he continues with part two in this series, Strength for the Journey, with his message, A Bold Request. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll plan to join us again next week for more Simple Truths for Life.